The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. Good day, America. Welcome, Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, Islamists, LGBTQ, TV, WXYZ people, all the boat rockers in the house, and anybody else. I'm AMS2, the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio, where we use the Bible and the Constitution, not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S.-occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, and for Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warned you about to hold to the book, the Bible. As the authoritative word of God, glad that you guys have joined us this morning. If you'd like to check us out online, please do so, SonsOfLibertyRadio.com, and also SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. In fact, if you're listening by way of the radio and you want to watch the video portion of the radio show, that's right, you can see the face that's made for radio. Head over to SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, and there you're going to see two videos at the top of the page. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't fib in, guys. We are live now, me and my guests, but uh, <laughs> with this is pre-recorded when you're hearing it. The, the, the video on the left side of the page is Bradley's show from the previous day, so if you'd like to check that out, you can do so up until 3 p.m. Eastern, at which he'll be live in that little area. On the right side of the page, we've got Quacky up there. Yeah, we were talking about quacks this morning, and uh, <laughs> at least on the screen right now. That's where we are. Click the play button, blow it up on whatever device you got. Look for the Rumble icon, bottom right-hand corner there. Click on that and join us in the chat on Rumble. have a lot of friends over there this morning, so good morning, guys. Good to see you. And while you're over there, please subscribe to the channel, Sons of Liberty Radio Live, Sons of Liberty Radio Live on Rumble, and then finally, beforeitsnews.com, top of the page over there. Right up under where we're streaming live on sonsoflibertymedia.com is where you can sign up for our email newsletter. Again, that goes out once a day, late afternoon, early evening. Uh, all the articles we have, including the morning show archive. So be sure and sign up for that. And then if you do sign up for it and you're not getting it, check your spam folder. If you're not getting it there, uh, get in touch with us. You can click the contact button here and just let us know, hey, I'm not getting that. Can you guys check on, see what's going on? Finally, our store is available there. Uh, there's a menu at the top of sonsoflibertymedia.com. You can click on that or you can go there directly at the Sons of Liberty. Don't forget the in front of it, the Sons of Liberty. .squarespace.com, and uh, we are highlighting uh, Bradley's All the Prophets Were Pointing to the Front. This is the new, new book he's got. It's $10. Uh, you can pick that up. He calls it The Heart of Gospel, and the previous book that we that he put out called Soldier of the Cross, he calls it The Armor, and uh, we still have some of the uh, Soldier of the Cross books as well, and also a bundle, so you can get the book, uh, you can get the t-shirt, and you can get the hat. No, I'm just teasing. We don't have a hat uh, for that. But but you can get the T-shirt in your size and also a dog tag. Uh, one of our Sons of Liberty tags. I showed you guys these before. They're silver. And we also have black. First John 3.18 on the back. Sons of Liberty on the front. And uh, that starts at $34. Now, it'll be a little more if you've got a double X 
uh, t-shirt or, so or larger. It's about $5 more, but it starts at $34. So be sure and check those things out in the store. They're great conversation starters, and I think they're great for equipping you uh, to think rightly as we're supposed to think, as, as God has taught us to think. All right, now with that said, you guys heard the other day, Bradley asked me to come on. We ended up spending like most of the show, I think three, three quarters of his show in the afternoon, and I was just kind of bouncing some things off of him that uh, my guest and I were talking about. And uh, I said, I find it kind of fascinating. I said, I had not really taken this angle, although in, my, in the back of my head, I thought, okay, what's, what all is really going on with the illegals coming over? Because you would think at 20000 a day, this thing's going to get just stupid crazy, okay? And we've all seen the videos, right? We've seen tons of people coming across from trickling, you know, trickling numbers that would come across. And we've seen them behind black, curtains in the airport and we've seen them up in these camps that they're putting and we've seen the lady down there where the they were taking them in down in texas into these uh it was like a military installation the military wouldn't let it they wanted to run them off even though they were on public land and so i said well let's bring it on because i was told hey this is a real scam that's going on that most people don't know about that goes on on the border and about how illegals actually get to come in and I said, we need to let the people know this because I don't hear anybody saying this. And I'm sure other people know it. But uh, I said, you can do it best. And uh, who do we have? Well, we have our good friend, Dr. <laughs> Lee Merritt. And Dr. Lee, it's good to have you back on the Sons of Liberty. No, oh, thanks for having me. I, I was going through your list there and figuring out where I fit. I think I'm a boat rocker, a classic libertarian, yes. and I'm the doctor the FDA, the FDA warned you about. <laughs> <laughs> I do like that. You, you know what? You need to incorporate that in your introduction. <laughs> I'm the doctor the FDA warned you about. <laughs> I think that's clever. Really, you ought to pick that up. You really ought to pick that up and go with it. You really should. In fact, uh, if, you I, can, if I, I'm not stealing your line, I'll do that. Okay. Yeah, you could do that and make you a bumper sticker. You know, for your listeners, say I listen to the doctor. The FDA warned you about. I think that's. No, I, I think that's brilliant. No. All right. So, what got our conversation going at the time? We're not going to spend a lot of time on this. I think the people need to know more about. What you saw, because I didn't know you were a doctor on the border for 20 years and did all kinds of stuff. And I think people would would be uh, well-informed to hear your perspective as a doctor who didn't make any money when you had to take care of illegals. A uh, whole different system for those who are the natives here versus the illegals. And, uh, and then the scam that's going on. So where do we want to start with first? Or where well, do we want to start? I guess why don't we start? Why don't we start with with uh, the current situation because everybody that's sure. Let's do that. And, and this is why I went down there. I had to have my thumb operated on. My friend did such a good job on my other side that I went down and had him done. And I was that was at Yuma Regional Medical Center, which has been in the news as being overrun. And you know, I just before I went down there, I saw some news articles saying, "Oh yeah, Yuma's collapsing because of the illegals." But you know what? When I went down there, I kind of went with a skeptical mind because the one thing I can I can absolutely guarantee you, regardless of anything else and whatever topic we're talking about, when there's a, a narrative being pushed forward by the news, it's zero percent chance it's true. And it's a hundred percent chance they're they're hiding something that they don't want you to look at. And I, so I went down there somewhat skeptical. I'd also seen this uh, video and you may have seen it. Uh, I put, put it up on my Telegram channel if anybody wants to see it, but it's a guy who's down at Eagle Pass. And here are all the National Guard and the troops and the, and the guns and whatever. 
And he takes his phone and leaves it on and he shows you this mess. And then he drives half a mile down the fence, the Mexican border fence. And here's a gate. Now, this doesn't have the big tall fences I'm going to show you. And, and I've got a couple of pictures of the Yuma, but it, the, it's, it's a border fence and the, and the gates open and there's nobody coming through. Now, and then he drives down a little farther down the fence, another half mile, another gate open, nobody coming through. Now, that looks like what's going on? Is this just all? Is it all? facade? Is it all narrative projection that's not real? No, I don't think that's what it is. And so I, fi I think I figured out what's really going on here. And it's sad because you can put, it's my position, you can put all the guns and the troops and everything at the border. That won't stop what is happening down there right now. It's a different story. Okay. All right. Well, let's let's take this because um, <clears throat> I forgot to turn on the the share screen. So I'm going to do that now so that you can share pictures and, and things with the audience who are watching on a video. And again, if you guys want to jump over to sonsoflibertymedia.com, Rumble, or Before It's News, you'll be able to see this if you're on the radio. But <clears throat> so what's really going on? Because you and I well, talked about them bolstering the numbers. And my mind immediately went, and I told Bradley, and I think he agreed too, we're not saying that the illegals aren't coming across. But what right. we're saying is they're bolstering it. It's kind of the Saul Alinsky thing. Make them think there's more of them than what there really is. And the Bible talks about this. It talks about part of judgment is people will flee when none's pursuing or when somebody does pursue you, you flee in seven ways. And I think that's that's what they're trying to do in the midst of this is to cause fear in the American people. Well, it could be, and I can tell you that it could be even worse than that. Let me just transition here, and I'll show you. Now, this was us driving down, and I don't want to bore you with some of this, but this is just showing you that what it looks like. Because people that live in an urban area or people that live up north, they don't appreciate what this looks like. These are big, flat fields. Unlike farming where I am in Iowa, these are these are farms with very high-tech laser-guided uh, tractor. They, they flood irrigate these things. This is where all your... Um, your broccoli and your lettuce. We are the lettuce capital of the world in, in, in this Yuma County. So this is what it kind of looks like. You can see the evidence of flood irrigation there, actually, or maybe it's just been raining. They had a bunch of rain, which is unusual. But anyway, and you can see the chocolate mountains out in the back. And this is this is what it looks like. And why isn't it moving on? <laughs> it's supposed to go to another picture here. I don't know what's going on. Maybe I can't show you. We're just liking looking at the back of another truck there. <laughs> this truck. Uh, <clears throat> no, we need to... <laughs> You know, I thought I had this all sorted out. Uh -oh. you know, repairs. Okay, here we go. There you and go. this is, I thought this was kind of, this is a botanical take. This is, that's creosote bushes, which are some, which are probably the oldest plants in the world. But you, you notice you don't see any people and you don't see a lot of industry. And that's important for what I'm going to show you. But there's a ton of this creosote and these things grow out in these rings. And that's how they can tell how old they are, you know, and some date palms we're going to see here in a minute. Uh, the medjool date thing is a big deal down here. Um, that's taking off. This is the Medjool Farms right here. These are fabulous. And when my boys were little and were homeschooled, we would go out in October and we would uh, go out and the Mexican farm workers would be up in the, they have these lifts up into the Medjool dates and they'd throw you out a fresh date right off the tree. Wow. And it's like, it's like eating a bit of sunshine. That's you a never bunch of trees, man. Like that. Yeah. A lot that's of a lot of trees. Yeah, I had some on my property when I were down when I was down there, and that was just fabulous to have them. Now, and and um, I think we're getting here. Now, this is coming to the town we're going to is basically San Luis, and it's a it's a it's right on the border. So there's a San Luis, Mexico, San Luis, Arizona, and again, when I was down there, I did trauma call at first. This I, I got there in 1995, started my solo private practice, and I did orthopedic spine and trauma. 
And I was on trauma call maybe a couple times a month or a couple times a week, rather, twice a week. And in those days, the border wall wasn't the way it is. It was it was shorter and people would kind of climb up on each other's shoulders. These were the, really the poor uh, farmers that wanted to come over and earn some money. Now, this is what we're seeing is going to be very different. Now, one of the things you're going to see here, you start seeing these big, big houses. See this big housing section we're coming to there um, through the windshield. Yeah. There, this is house after house after house, row after row after row. And did you see any industry? There is nothing to justify this housing boom. And my friend that's driving the car, who's a medical guy that, that works down there, this this all cropped up in the last two years. See all those houses? Yeah, Bradley okay. is saying he's seeing it. I'm seeing it here, even in right. South Carolina. I, and I go, I, who's doing yeah. it? And he's well, he thinks it's going to be the illegals who are going to be living there. That's what he thinks. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's, now there's the new wall. And the old wall was like concrete and all sorts of stuff at whatever wall we had, barbed wire. But this is a very high wall. I'm going to guess it's at least 20-some feet. I mean, it's it's pretty big. But what we did not see was anybody around it, ever, anywhere around this. And Yuma wasn't collapsing. In fact, I went out to a new restaurant that was very nice. I saw all this, you know, the the, the it looked just like when I left, you know, uh, maybe a little worse for wear financially, but it looked basically the way I left it. So I don't see a huge difference going into town. So again, like your point is, if we're being, the, the picture they want you to get is that um, we're being overrun with these masses coming up from South America. Now, are they coming up from South America? Are there people coming to the border? Yes, but it is not the is not exactly what you're hearing. Now, the other thing I will say that confirms what what people are also saying out here is that the people coming into the emergency room around there and to doctors' offices, the nurses' friends of mine told me this, they're not poorly dressed, they're not dirty. You know, when I was taking trauma call, those guys jumping over the fence. They hadn't, sh you know, th these are people that hadn't taken a shower in a while. They were, they they didn't look clean. They weren't clean. They had very poor clothes. These new people are coming with iPhones, new tennis shoes, nice socks that aren't dirty. They're not, they're not walking from Central America, right? They're not walking from Central America and they're not coming across everywhere. You don't see people, you know, everywhere here. Now, um, that's what what you're going to see though this is now the town of San Luis a little bit and one of the things you'll see here is a big medical clinic and we're about to get to that and a big medical clinic is important because if you if you call them these medical there's there's a whole row of these along the, the southern border and these medical clinics are getting a big money input again you look at this town you look at the number of people around even this one clinic wouldn't be supportable. I mean, it's a it's a big building. I'm gonna sh when we get to it, it should be here. I hope I didn't accidentally cut it out. Um, but here it is. This is a big building. I mean, I built a building for an office down there. I know what it costs to build buildings down there. That's an expensive, very big, expensive building, and that's that's one of the clinics here. Um, there's another. Well, I think that's one. That I think that's it. That's the clinic. There, it, it has it has tents out on one side where they are having mental health uh, care and all sorts of things. When you call them, they're getting a lot of grants, lots amount of grants. I'm going to say something later about Cesar Chavez. This is Cesar Chavez. Boulevard. I was going to say, what in the yeah. world? And and here's the other thing to say, I want to say about these. Um, you, see the, you see that the this picture was supposed to show that right up against the fences in many places are these 
all these this is not this is water irrigation stuff but they have the big american canal down here and so these farms out here these great big uh, uh vegetable crops they're they're flood irrigated they're big big flat crops and they go right up to the border now when I was down here, if you reported illegals coming or jumping across the fence, going through your area, because the farmers and this was this is nine or you know uh, 1995, it got to be that the farmers could not leave their branches, they could not leave their houses, or they'd be pilfered to death. I mean, it would just be completely stripped. But but if you tried to turn them in, you would be threatened. Your life would be threatened by the the people that are running this. Okay, so. Think who that is. You know, it's it's not just the guys coming across the border. This is a an organized plan, and and they would get threatened because they're getting paid to bring these people across in those days. Now, here's the new new wrinkle. The new wrinkle is, uh, if you it's it's the green people have taken over. If you ha find fecal matter in any of these fields, then the whole field gets destroyed. They have to to rip up the whole field, and you can't sell any of that. If anybody's a farmer, think of the the income loss of doing that. And think how easy it is to fault to falsely just you know tell your tell people okay we got to get this guy out of here he's he's a, he's not playing along with the with the importation game here and so just poop in his field. Yeah, well, why why would the fecal matter be bad? Isn't that good for the soil? Or are they talking about human fecal matter, which well, I know you can use for, you can you can use that if you do certain things a certain way you can even use that as well but i mean why is that something that's just that just doesn't make sense i'm to me. telling you and 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 in vietnam that was obviously a big thing i mean it, it, other cultures i know we're importing food where feces and and human waste is used as as fertilizer you know and and besides i mean you know chicken chicken waste we, everybody uses that i mean in if they're a real gardener people use sure. these things yeah so it's a nightmare but you see that my point is that this is a way of extorting the locals to be quiet to not 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 rock the boat or we'll we'll report that we saw you know feces in your field uh again there's a lot of i'm just saying there's a lot of organized play here going on that all feeds into it but here is the real kicker and um and I'm again, we're not seeing big industry to support all those houses. And there's a lot of those houses. The big kicker here is the, the border fence does not sit between Mexico and the United States. It sits about 20 yards into the United States territory. Now, why is that important? And why is that important? Because when people come up from Mexico or, or Central America now, it, because we've we've changed, I guess, how we do asylum. I don't know that they moved the the, the border since I was there, but these gates now are they're 20, 20 yards in roughly. When they get up there, they're already on American soil. So the people can claim asylum. And once they claim asylum, then they have to be brought over. They have to be given refuge according to our current policy. And they are now legal, which means there is no point for these guys to go. That's why nobody is coming through open gates farther down the border. Because if you come through those open gates, uh, you know, then you're illegal. You see my point? Then you're illegal. If you come through at the legal checkpoint and you claim asylum, they can't throw you off and you're on American soil. You know, you think about the old spy movies that we had during the Cold War where the guy's, you know, running for his life in Eastern Europe and he gets into the American embassy and is saved, okay? Yep. Because he's, a, he's yep. a defector from the Soviet Union and he's just got to get, and he jumps at the gate and they open it up and he's saved because they can't refuse him. Well, that's what's happening. And so it doesn't matter. This isn't a matter of lack of weapons or lack of will. When you see, the other thing is they're trying to kind of make the border patrol look bad. They show that picture of a guy 
pulling somebody through the, the barbed wire fence. But think about it. If that guy's on American soil claiming asylum, they're just rendering that help. Uh, yeah, they're just rendering assistance. aid. I, and I, right. I was not aware that that was going on. Uh, yeah, and and that's, that's how that's and laid that's out. And, point. Yeah, we've just been told if somebody crosses our border um, and they, you know, if they if they just come come over the border, they're doing what you said the guys are doing, coming through the door, um, rather than coming on on that side of uh, of the fence, being on American soil, and then saying, "Hey, I need asylum." And like you said, we've all seen it. The majority of these people have nice clothes. They're clean. Even their kids are clean. Brand new shoes, phones, backpacks, hats, all this stuff. So they're getting help along the way. And yeah, some of them are still coming from Central and South America. But then we have this this mixture of people, like this guy that we think is probably Mossad that made the viral video the other day, uh, coming up and saying, "You'll you don't know who I am, but you're going to know who I am," kind of thing. So. I think that's the that was the biggest thing I took away from our conversation was this because I'm like I had no idea this is what they're yeah, doing. Yeah, no, that's and I got that from somebody whose son's a border patrol agent, and and I'm just going to say it makes a lot of sense. It explains everything we're seeing. It also explains why you know my governor and uh, Governor Abbott that I never thought too much of being real conservative, uh, you know, uh, people. They and suddenly they're starting to look real good. Well, no, they're simply cabal, cabal shills. They're playing their role to convince you that they're doing everything and now, right. you know, make it look like they're good. That, this is what it is. It's always a narrative. It's always a narrative. And, and, um, you know, there's a lot more to this though. And I have to say, here's the other thing I would, the, the medical, cl- I bring up those medical clinics because this is a big deal. One of the things that has been true for a very long time when I was in practice there, if a guy comes into the hospital and you think he's illegal, you treat him, but then you you can't turn him over to the border patrol. You can't turn him over to anybody. You can't report him because there are 17 hospitals from Brownsville, Texas to Yuma uh, and maybe more. I mean, there's but there's a stretch of them that have a gag order and the gag order. Is so nobody gets turned away from medical care because they're illegal or something. So that's their excuse. But the real point is, if you're an American citizen and you and you, we suspect that you're a criminal. Like I, one time, there was a guy that had robbed a Seven Eleven or something down there, and he'd run through a, the ch- police had chased him through a plate glass window. I happened to be on call that night, and I was in the ER taking care of somebody. And the nurses got the word from the police that if you see somebody that's got a lot of glass wounds, and you know, you should report him because it's probably that guy. Well, they got a guy that had cuts all over the place, pieces of glass in him, fake name, and they report him to the police. But had he been illegal, he they couldn't do that. That's That's that does that doesn't make that is not that is not even in the realm of my thinking at all. How can you take the natives and treat them different? But then it wasn't just that. I mean, you know, different. They're both committing crimes. Either somebody's coming through there illegally or the guy's doing whatever he's doing with the plate glass stuff. So the question then that I have is what about the treatments, too? Because as a doctor, uh, you had to. You dealt not just with that part, but even their payments and stuff like that. The natives are treated different than the illegals, are they not? Well, you know, when when you're in the emergency room, I mean, the point is you have to take care of people, no matter whether they can pay or not. And in general, in a good society that's well regulated, where people care, they they're responsible. They get insurance. Yep, that's right. They have they they prepare themselves for catastrophe. 
But but you get to the point where people figure out that you have to treat them whether whether they can pay or not, and then they buy they spend their money on big pickup trucks and skidoos and things, and don't buy any health insurance, and they don't realize that you're you're up all night taking care of them for free. Now what has happened because there's another thing it all works together it's all a big system. What that did was force doctors to go work for hospitals. You know uh, I was up like I say probably two nights a week. And and these guys would come over with these horrible open grade three ankle fractures with sand ground in, broken femurs, all sorts of stuff. And we and you'd be up half the night or more taking care of them and you wouldn't get paid. And then you had to function the rest of the week taking care of the people on our side of the border. If you don't think that hurts your medical care, it does. Okay, but they they solved part of that by just having us work for the hospitals. Now, nobody can, because of Obamacare, nobody can afford to, to pretty much be on their own. So now they go all work for hospitals. So that part at least they get compensated. At least they get something to, for doing that. But but it's even beyond that. Um, we have laws set up like EMTALA. EMTALA, the idea was uh, if a pregnant, you know, they, they would have pregnant women that were being hauled from one hospital to another because they needed they, they needed charity care because they didn't have any insurance. Well, to prevent that, they said, no, you they, they have to take you to the closest hospital. So what happens is even if, and I had this case where a guy had a green card and he used it to run drugs across the border. But when he had his foot shot with a shotgun by the cartel or somebody, uh, I guess he lost some drugs and they weren't happy. He went to the local hospital down in Mexico and they were going to amputate his foot. But he recognized that free medical care and the government free medical care wasn't necessarily good medical care. And he literally hot footed it to the border and then he could demand an ambulance. So we had to go down and get him and bring him up to our place. Now, the funny thing about this, it is kind of funny. Um I went to see him and they call me at two in the morning or whatever. And here's this guy who's on the on the gurney and he looks like Adonis. I mean, this is a really healthy looking 25 year old young man, roughly. And um, his bloodshot eyes. But being a good clinical, astute clinical acumen, I as I walked by there to go get my paperwork started, I realized that this guy was chained to the bed and there was a federal marshal with him. So when I went back and did my exam and everything, I was talking to him, figure out what was going on. And that, that's how I heard about the drug running issue. Well, I was prepared to take him to the operating room and just I'm sitting around doing my paperwork and I'm joking with my buddy that's the ER doc. And I said, yeah, another good insured case in Yuma, right? And he, he just laughed and he said, actually, he's insured. I said, you're kidding me. I said, what's he got? He says, he's got Medicare. I said, Medicare? Now, Medicare is what I have. You know, I'm 71 years old. That's what you do when you get over 65. The government forces you to get, you know, terrible health care by yep. giving you Medicare. Yeah. But why does this 25-year-old healthy guy have it? Well, it turns out that in the course of this business he was in before, he'd been in a gangland shooting, had his head grazed on this side of the border, uh, and had a, quote, seizure disorder. So this guy was on full Social Security disability thanks to the federal government of the United States. And to make matters worse, then the, then it turns out, the, the, at this point, the federal marshal comes over and he asks what he needs to do to come into the operating room with me. Now, they never do that. Trust me, the, usually the police unarrest people. So they don't have to pay the, the police department doesn't have to pay the bill or the sheriff's department. So they unarrest the victim and then they rearrest them when they are going to be discharged. But in this case, this bad dude, they, he was such a bad dude that they, they wanted him. So they were not leaving him, uh, you know, alone in the even in the operating room. So he, the, the sheriff wanted to suit up. And, yeah, I told him we could do that. And I said, no, wait a minute. And, and I said, what's this? What's the deal? With this guy he says, oh, he's been wanted on four felony warrants for about five years. I said, wait a minute. 
this guy's on full social security disability, which means we're sending him a government check every month. Are you really telling me you couldn't find him? And oh, by the way, he's coming across the border on a green card. You're really telling me you couldn't find him. And and this, this I'll never forget this because the marshal looked at me like, what turnip truck did you just fall off of? And he said, he said, uh, you know that your government has made it, the Congress has made it illegal to trace anybody on their social security check. Yeah. And by the way, he never had a seizure disorder. This guy didn't deserve to have any social security well, disability. To begin yeah. With. And, and part of that social <laughs> security that. thing, you know, I, I think my social security still says it too. I may be wrong about it, but it, it said on the back, this is not to be used for identification, but what is the one thing you got to have in, to do anything here? You got to have that social security number. If you, I mean, if you're going to be, uh, if you're going to get a job, if you're going to go get a driver's license, if you're going to do any of this stuff, they, they want to know where your social security number is. So that it's kind of funny. They use it when they don't, when they, when they want to, and then they don't want to use it when they don't want to. So it's. Yeah. It's your driver's license initially, that was the same yeah. thing. Never to be used for, for it's not to be used for ID. Yeah. So, I mean, so the border has lots of wrinkles, but I would just say that the, the, that this is being pushed for a reason. And I'm going to tell you what I think the ugliest reason here is, you know, I always used to think, and I, I came to this in the last three, four years, um, I have a friend, Mitch Gerber, who sits outside, who he, he lives, uh, around China. He's moved, he's moved several times, but he's on the outskirts of China. And his big thing is to try and save the Falun Gong from being organ harvested, involuntarily organ harvested, because that's a big business, right? And I think we're actually winning, but, but I learned a lot from him about that. And I used to think, if and many of you probably do, that that you know, sex trafficking and and drugs. That this is drugs was really the big money. You know, you hear all these stories about the the cartels and drugs in Mexico, but I don't think you realize they're probably it's really body parts and body trafficking is what's going on. That's really the big the biggest money. It goes drugs are on the bottom, then it's sex trafficking, then child sex trafficking, and then uh, body parts, including blood products and adrenochrome. And people want to think that's just nonsense. I can tell you, I can show you that there's actually it's actually being processed by one of our major pharmaceutical companies. Oh, sure. Yeah. But, but it's but beyond that, even if you just want to believe in the in the blood products, these the the blood that you donate to Red Cross is sold. It's not just given to places. It's sold at a high profit, and. Um, that you notice that the 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 Red Cross has been found out recently that they've been involved in this this helping these illegals come across the border. They're giving money. They're they're involved in it. Um, it's not probably just them. I'm just saying there's a lot of this stuff. This is why the medical clinics, I think, are being funded. There's lots of stuff going on. They, they're getting, they're taking blood from these people. Uh, they're doing different things. And ultimately, if I were going to look into this to really, it's not just, and, and when we think about sex trafficking, we think about human trafficking. Everybody thinks sex trafficking, but you got to remember the big, if the big money is, body parts you know what 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 do they need in china to do uh, what they call black transplantology in russian uh the the body parts harvesting they have these big confinement uh buildings in in china they look like hog confinements that we have in iowa but they don't have the big fans on them and what they do is they arrest a certain percentage i think mitch told me one time three percent of the falun gong and three percent of the uyghurs every year and they put them in these confinement things and then what they do is if somebody from Britain wants to get a new liver or a new kidney or something, doesn't want to wait in line, he just comes over to the, one of these big hospitals in, in, the, in China and um, he you know, gets all tested and, and cross-matched and everything. And then they find that, oh, we've got a match in this confinement thing. And then they get that guy coming into the hospital and they do live organ harvest. 
That's what's going on. Wow. Now, yeah. And and then what happens when you run out of organs? Okay. Where's the rest of you go? I would not only, so it, it, we have to be, <laughs> this sounds terrible, but I'm going to just say it because I think if I were going to really wanted to deconstruct what's going on here, those houses on the border are for housing somebody. And it would be a perfect place to house people that had no identification, children that had nobody that's looking for them, people that are not being looked for, people that are just brought up on a false promise, and then they're they're farmed out. The reason we're not seeing so many of them, we're seeing some of these militarized guys, but we're not seeing a lot of these other people around, maybe is because they're going into this deep, dark, not just sex trafficking, but body harvesting routine. And they're being kept, sheltered, and then harvested. We don't know. And, I, and I'll tell you, that we're not going to find out we're, when we're still worried about Eagle Pass. Yeah. And the other thing I would do is I would test the food. I would test our meat processing plants for human remains. I would do it on a routine basis. Maybe they are. I don't know. This is something I think we should look into. Well, we've seen but, that in the past. The, the story that came out with it. McDonald's. That's, yeah. McDonald's. That's right. They had to sit down two. I think it was two distribution centers because they found human remains. Well, the obvious, let me, let me ask a question about that. Where did they come from? Yeah, that's what, that's what I was going to say. So did we ever find out where they came from? And the obvious question is, whoever discovered that, you would, I would think if I found that out, if I'm the the meat inspector or the, uh, the, the restaurant inspector or whatever, and I find that out, I'm going to be in them places like every week going, I don't know how you guys got this stuff, but we're going to make sure that you aren't delivering this out to the people uh anymore and you know if it gets to a thing they should be pushing up of course i know corporate fascism and everything else is they're they're going to be able to push that off they'll get their buddies in government to kind of step in and maybe take you out or discredit you or whatever that's what i was going to say you probably it's it's probably a takeout situation i mean remember you saw that i'm sure you've seen that video rabbi finkelstein talking about just putting the extra bodies into the meat system i mean unfortunately this is this has been going on for a long time. I don't think we have been paying attention, and I, I don't think it. And it, we're not talking about somebody. You know, they can make a they can make it sound trivial, like oh, somebody had their finger cut off in the machine and it got into the system. That's so small. That's infinitesimal in this whole thing. For them to find it in a distribution center, that's not that. Okay, that's not what we're talking about here. And that's what I'm saying. That that woke me up in, in a couple of years ago, that thing with McDonald's. And I think it needs to be, that's something that was not said on Sound of Freedom, that sex trafficking ends up in body parts harvesting. Yeah. That's also what's happening in Ukraine. Yep. But for whatever this is all coming out now and why it, maybe it's been happening forever, we just haven't been paying attention because uh, Gaza, anytime there's chaos... Um, we found children being run out of Haiti because of the the, the tornadoes and the, the damage or the hurricanes and the damage. Uh, child child protective service, how many times have we found that they're actually running children? This this was happening from uh, Boys Town. Yeah, they always tell you the sexual aspect of it, but they never really tell you what happens when those children are used up in the system. Yeah, right, right. One of the things, you know, that we talk about, and <clears throat> you were kind of distinguishing between those things before when you talked about the people who just come on American soil and then those who come through the door and the distinction of ones claiming asylum. And I, you know, the scriptures have a lot to say about asylum. I, I'm I'm really uh, amazed. In, in fact, Numbers 35 is full of stuff. I, I can't sit here and read it uh, because of the time we have, and I, get, I want you to continue on with, with your thoughts on this. 
But in Numbers 35, there is the cities of refuge. These are, this is would be if somebody, uh, you know, was out and, you know, you get the scenario of, you know, he's out there with his buddy and they're chopping wood and his axe head flies off and kills his buddy. Well, he didn't mean to do it. But he knows that when somebody finds out the guy's dead, they're going to think, man, he did it. And it talks about the avenger of blood coming after him. And if he kills him before he gets to the city, then, you know, the guy's just going to, it's just going to stand. But then he says, this guy makes it to the city of refuge. He's getting this asylum. And as long as he's in the city, Numbers 35, he is safe. He's safe there until the elders can come and hear the matter. And then if they determine, well, you stay in this city, uh, and if you come out, your blood's on your own head, and if the Avenger wants to hang out there and say, oh, why don't you step outside them gates, Then uh, and he gets killed, well, then it's on him. But if, if the guy goes in, well, he's in trouble. And he's up in different places. And I think they show the distinction between somebody who li- who really seeks asylum. Because what is asylum? It's not so you can get to move from one place to another. Because uh, you don't necessarily have the right to do You do have the right to travel, but you don't have a, a right to do it like that uh, against their laws. But rather, uh, it's an issue of you're in danger. Most time we think of refugees right. and asylum seekers as those who their country's war-torn or, or war-torn or their, uh, the government's g- coming after them for some reason that's just immoral that they're doing. And we've seen that throughout you know the years. We've seen people come in, and that's that's really gone on. But the, but the vast majority of the people who are coming across, it seems to me that they're coming in. And I know because I used to work on the construction site for almost 20 years. So I, yeah. I probably dealt with illegals as well as legals. And, sure. um, and most of those people, they were military-age guys that came into work. And they would tell me. We would sit sometimes, those that could speak English, and I would talk with them. And they say, I'm just trying to earn money to right. help my family and they would send the money back and they're living in an apartment with like 10 other guys. And, yep. you know, it, they're just really conserving all that. You know, I, I understand it. I still think they need to follow the law when they come in. And many of the guys did, they said, you know, I got my green card. I do this, that, and the other and, and things of that nature. Right. But many of the, there, there's many who don't. And, um, you know, if you're, right. if you're not going to follow the law and your first act is just to come in and break the law, well, what else can we expect of you? If you're going to do that, there's another part here, too. Uh, we're told in uh, Leviticus 19, let me scroll down here just a little bit um, to verse 33 and 4. It says, If a stranger sojourn with thee in your land, ye shall not vex him or mistreat him. But the stranger that dwelleth with you shall be unto you as one born among you. In other words, you, you treat him like he's one of you. He's made in the image of God, right? Just like what you were saying about when they come in, you're a doctor, you have compassion for them, and you have concern for them. Even if you weren't forced, you would be a person who would seek to try to you know, help the guy out. And thou shalt love him as thyself, for ye were strangers in the land of Egypt. Huh? See, he tells them to remember what you were. And then treat those who are coming in or strangers among you, treat them the way you would want to be treated, right? The golden rule. I am the Lord your God. And then before that, he tell, he's already told them, let's back up here to verse 9 and 10 of Leviticus 19. He says, And when you reap the harvest of your land, thou shalt not wholly reap the corners of thy field, neither shalt thou gather the gleanings of thy harvest, and thou shalt not glean thy vineyard, neither shalt thou gather every grape of thy vineyard. Thou shalt leave them for the poor... And stranger, I am the Lord your God. Now, I know that's going to rub some people the wrong way. Are you saying we ought to leave it? Well, God taught the people to do that. And I think he did it for 
a number of reasons. One we can see in Ruth, when Ruth and her uh, mother-in-law are going to gather the the wheat, the grain uh, at Boaz's field, they go and ask him. Now he's letting people do it all day long, but they go and ask him, and it's not a handout either. They have to actually go and glean it. So see the difference mm-hmm. that, that that God yeah. gives us. People keep their, if you want to call it, their dignity intact because they're working for their food, but they're also on somebody else's property, and so they have to ask, hey. I know the law says this, but can we do this on there? And then Boaz, being a godly man, allowed them to do that. You know, with whatever he had, he allowed that for them. And I think, boy, sometimes we miss some of that. Sometimes we get it right. Sometimes we get it wrong. But I think some of that plays into to what we're having here, too, because some people just respond to foreigners who would come over, and they might come over legally and treat them like they're not one of them among them, uh, the, the way the Scripture says. And I'm not talking about you have to agree with all their stuff. I'm saying you just treat them as a person made in the image of God in, in that capacity there. Right. And, and, you know, that's what we used to have. Eighty percent of the people we saw coming over, that was a, a Border Patrol patient of mine gave me those numbers, said, said yeah, 80 percent are that. It's the poor farmer, the poor guy who just wants to do a better life for his family. He doesn't have the opportunities in Mexico. He comes across, he works, and he goes back, um, and he sends the money back. But he's illegal. And un- unfortunately, no matter how nice a guy, no matter how in- well-intentioned, one of the problems is when you live your life upon a lie, then you end up doing other bad things. That's to right. That lie. Yep, that's and exactly right. For example, if you if you have a if you have an automobile accident, you know there's a huge uh, the the quilt society. I can't remember the name of them, but they have all these quilts made from all the dead Americans that have been hit and run or or killed by these illegals. Because if you if you hit somebody with your car and you're legal and you're you know you and me, we're going to stop and help that guy. And these don't don't always do that because they're going to be found to be illegals, so they run. Okay, I mean we know that that happens. Um, we've had them driving on the wrong side of the road with their lights off on Highway 8 to San Diego to avoid the Border Patrol and knock other cars into the ditch, kill other people. And it's uh, the coyote puts one of these poor you know, guys at the wheel. It's, it's a tragedy all the way around. But this is what happens. And I will just say this about how this thing didn't used to be that way. I have a friend who's now a physician, and he was once a lemon picker. He was a Mexican lemon picker. He and his dad would come over in the days when it was easy to get a work bet, a work visa to go back and forth, just a work permit. It's not even a, a, I guess it's not even really like a visa. It's specifically for that purpose, to be a worker on the border and you could go crop back for that reason. They'd come over, they'd make money and they'd go back home and they could support their family and do quite well that way. But then Cesar Chavez came around and Cesar Chavez and the guys wanted to organize. This is the story he told me. This is not my making up. This is the story that my friend told me. And so he, he, they came around and they would beat up, even though these people were coming across with the permission of the American government, the Chavez and the guys that were organizing the United Farm Workers, they would take baseball bats and go down and beat up these guys coming across because they couldn't organize if they had plenty of farm labor, wow. right? So they had to make a shortage. And once they did that, then to come across, it got harder. You had to, you, there was bribery on all sides, but the people that made the money now were not the, the, the little guy coming across that directly got paid from the farmer. Now it's the intermediary. 
they are the big money guys. They're the ones you see driving these buses, these white, they don't drive them, but they're, they're people drive these white buses with the, with the people they pick up at the border to come across and work the fields. They have the porta potties with them and the whole bit. And that's, it's a big system now, but it's not, but the money is being sucked out of the farm labor and used for that. So I, I'm just saying it's a, it, there's a reason we got to this place, but now it's being used for, a, it's being weaponized against America. This is a different issue. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I mean, the, the idea of now here's, I will say James Grunvig had a thought. He thinks this, this might be a partly, there may be a sting operation going on at the border. I would love it to be true. I just don't have any knowledge, but think about it. Where are all those like million reservists that they called up and activated uh, to active duty? Where are they? And they sent them overseas. Now, if some of them are coming back through this system, taking taking notes, taking names, figuring out who's involved in the corruption as they come through, that would be actually a pretty cool thing. So there might be a good thing happening that we're not seeing also. Yeah, I, I guess I, I guess for me, I kind of sit here and I go, okay, why the continued allowing of the breaking of the law? Why why is there right. not any justice? We we just. Uh, we, this is um, Wednesday that you and I are recording right now, but we just heard in the news there there we're being told they can't uh, impeach Mayorkas uh, over this issue because oh it's just policy difference. Wait a minute, if the law says something, why are you not dealing with it? But what you're I think what you're telling us is is the law's in place and it's allowing a lot of this stuff. As soon as they hit right. the as soon as they hit the U.S. soil, whether they've crossed over that wall or whatever. In fact, it's kind of it's kind of interesting. Our country has been sitting here like this for what? As an as a some years, yeah, two hundred and fifty years problem. almost. We we've been sitting here, and before that, we were living in uh, right here on the east, on the east coast and everything before in the colonies and all until we spread out all all over the landmass. But we've been here, and yes, have we seen that? Yeah, we can go back to Eisenhower and stuff like that, but people have been going back and forth across that border all day long. Yeah. And the problem, the problems that we have weren't happening there like that then. But boy, the more it's come across, and I think, I got to say, I think the more that we have strayed and wandered, or as the Bible says, wickedly departed from God, we haven't really upheld the law, we haven't upheld justice, we haven't upheld any of this kind of stuff. The longer we've done that, the further down the slope we go. And so we just, we kind of encourage the lawlessness on our side of the border, as well as these guys coming in, by our inaction. Well, I don't think it's inaction. I personally think it's action, but it's bad action. I yeah. think what's okay. happened Good. is, just like, just like, you know, somebody can put in trap do- uh, uh, back doors into computers so that they can go in later and then take out the information, right? They can sneak in after hours because they put in a stealth back door into the computer. That's what's happened. Over a, over a number of years, this has been a programmed plan where they've put in essentially back doors through Washington, D.C. legalese. They put in these pl- programs like like can't report illegals on the border. It started simple and then it moved up to other things. Then we started funding these clinics all along the border. And and I don't think it's just the Americans funding them. I suspect the cartel is funding uh, this whole operation. In some I do, way. too. They're funding the politicians that are funding this. You know how it works. So somebody so somebody's funding a, a backdoor 
trap operation to allow a bunch of people come through that aren't the same people, that is, has nothing to do with helping poor farmers in Mexico make a living. It has some other benefit. And some and to, to for that to pay, there's a lot of money, a lot of money being spent there to do this. I, you, I, you saw the houses. So for that to pay, they've got to be making a lot of money with it. How are they doing it? This is what we need to be asking ourselves. How is this? How is this benefiting the people spending all this money on this project? And I think once people wake up to what that could be, then we got to start looking. You're going to find real ugliness, and and we'll stop and and stop it. I, I have to say another quirky little data point that makes this look like they've got something. There, there's a plan on the good side also, is that. El Salvador and a lot of these Central American countries, we saw films coming out over the last couple of years where they were rounding up cartel members like MS-13 guys. You saw them all running. They all had like, like white boxer shorts on and they were otherwise stripped down, covered with tattoos. Their heads were all shaved and they were being rounded up and put into tiny little tight, tight rows of, you know, thousand guys sometimes it looked like huge numbers of these guys with 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 the 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 gendarmes rounding them up for some reason i don't know where those guys ended up but i wow. don't think they're the ones coming across the border you see there's some there's oh yeah this is yeah remember well, I'm, you we got yeah we've probably. got those stories uh even now it seemed like we i heard something the other day there were several was that up in new york ms-13 and they had I want to say they had done something with a girl or something, and there were several of them that they had that they had busted. I don't remember what it was. Yeah. It was just a couple of weeks ago that I saw it. The pictures from Central America and Mexico are big numbers. So somebody has taken at the same time this is happening, we are seeing a takedown of the cartels. I you can call me a, a crazy conspiracy theorist. I'll I'll put up my I, I got given this little talk I gave you. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you I think there's some kind of re, retake in play here. I think there's something more than we're seeing because it's just not adding up. And I and I think maybe Grunvig's got a point. I think also, um, well I don't know, but but I think maybe there are some people embedded in these that we don't know about. We'll see. <laughs> Well, that may be. I the 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 thing that gets me is I see, I, I I'm not seeing um, the repentance that we talk about among the people. Uh, I see them, you know, gaining some knowledge, but then when it comes to the doing, that's that's a different thing. And um, so I, I can see it from a different perspective. Yes, it looks like it's good, but then I also remember these guys that say when they're when the people want a savior, we'll deliver him up, right? And right, so I, I, get that too. I see that kind of, so I'm very standoffish with that stuff. I'm like, okay, let's see. And you and I talked about the Q clock, uh, which I, I showed the audience the other day. And I said, okay, we got kind of interesting. I don't know what to make of it. Well, uh, <laughs> here's what I, here's what I say. I go, okay, they're giving you a time frame. They told you that this is, that we, I've been hearing this for years. They're saying, oh, this right. is fixing but to this come. Is this is it. They're, now they've got a clock. And what is that? That that's going to end on Monday. We're going to have ten days of darkness. And my understanding was that they were saying no internet. So I guess Monday I may not have a show. I may not have one on we'll Tuesday, see. Wednesday. But honestly, if, if that's what it is, I'd be happy for that. Well, you but know? if but if that's the case, if if it if it doesn't come to pass, well then I point back over to what God says about people who tell you they're going to do that something's going to happen. And it doesn't happen, and I that's where I lean. And even if they do it. I can see it being part of. I can see it being part of the stuff. I, again, we go back to the law. I know what the law it's, says, and that's what you follow. That's where the straight stick is. 
Yeah, it's hard because this is primarily an information war, and and it and is. um and and the problem is we're dealing with people that have no conscience. We're dealing with real ugliness and evil beyond what I think most people, even people who read the Bible, can actually wrap their heads around. You know, we always kind of thought that was somewhere else happening. You know, the stuff we heard about. It's not. It's it, we didn't think of it in our own backyard. But what we're talking about is a universal evil that's been creeping into the world, and and you're right, and that's the basis of this. And um, but when you think about from a military standpoint, and I don't plan to pretend to be a military genius at all. I mean, or, or anything. But I just saying, if you try and think out how you would take down. A, a completely embedded and universal big money cabal like this, um, you know, like we we think we have in the world. That is that all of our congressmen, senators, everybody is is all the senior judges and police force are involved in this because if they're either being blackmailed, they're being threatened, you know, or they're part of the satanic mafia, you know. So it's one of those three, and and. If that's so pervasive, how do you go about it? You can't just walk up, march up, and start start talking and going to court and or even shooting. You you that's not going to win. You're going to have to do it by deep stealth, and that's why I think it's so confusing. And I think there is a lot of uh, I think uh, yeah. I don't. I'm not saying I hang my hat on it. I never said just sit on your thumbs and do nothing. Yeah, right. But I also don't. I don't. I'm not giving up on the United States military and the and the Russian military and people from around the world that have been dealing with this problem for a long time and they understand it. I don't think they would have. For example, I do not think the military that has had, you know, I remember, you know, my husband was on a, on these think tanks and all this kind of stuff. And you, you never had uh you, they, they had plans for invading Guam. I mean, they had plans for doing everything. You don't think they would have had a plan for when the United States of America is clandestinely taken over? I think they did. And I think it's sure. got to be very carefully enacted. And I don't think it's going to be up front. I also think in favor of that, I think, how do you lose the sec death? How do you lose Austin for a week? No. <laughs> yeah, no. yeah. No, I, I, I get it. And I get the perspective. I listen to the people on you know, that, that deal with that kind of stuff. And there are some things I agree with. There's a lot that I just kind of shake my head at and go, okay, show me that, show me the money. You know, I want to see your evidence of it, not your speculation here. We can, I can speculate all day long, but uh, show me the money as to why you're saying what you're saying. And, um, and oftentimes what I get is, you know, just blind faith in whatever they're being told. And I, that doesn't fly for me. I, I, I I want something substantive, to where I can see it, and then I can evaluate it, in my opinion, based upon what the the things that are written that we know, right. and then look at what's going on. We got about twenty seconds here, and I got some stuff to do. Otherwise, I'd keep you on for another hour. Tell people oh, where they okay. can tell people where they can find out more about you. Uh, at themedicalrebel.com, and I have okay. a, a Monday night podcast. I have a, a shop and all sorts of articles on there. Good things for your health. My weekly favorite meme. <laughs> I'm also on Rumble at the Medi- at the Medical Rebel and on on uh, Telegram, which I love Telegram and it's free to talk one on Telegram. All right, Dr. Lee Merritt, thank you so much. Catch Bradley at three, and guys, we'll see you back here in the morning, eight a.m. with Kate Shimrani. See ya.